0: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Welcome back to the World of Martial Arts Show. I'm Nathan, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kurt and Mick. And today we're talking about beginners in martial arts, specifically how to get them started and the barriers to learning that they might face early on. Um, so, Kurt, you've got a new program you're starting out. Um, what should new you know, students and members of your club kind of expect and how will you get them started? That is a good question, especially as my classes for this new program start
2: in about three days. Uh, We'll see how clever I am at this, right? So getting people through the door for the first time is always uh, always a challenge, I think, in martial art. There's already people who are are primed and ready to go who are predisposed to do this. They're the people that seek us out, that seek the school owners, the, the teachers, whatever, the styles out. Um, A simple Google search will tell them where to go. But sometimes trying to um, share what your program is with a potential student and show them how it aligns with what it is they might be looking for can be a challenge. At least for me, I find it challenging. Um, I know as a martial artist, just like in any other kind of art, it can be tricky to try to sell ourselves or sell this art, right, to be a salesperson for what we do. And boy, is that important to have a successful business. Uh, I've had my most recent gym that I had for a long time, I had it went under because of COVID. And I think probably if I'd been better at sales and some of the business stuff, then things may have gone a little better or smoother. So, you know, what I'm trying to do now is really focus locally on the community that my school is located in and try to share with my community members, with my neighbors, what I think is the beauty of martial art and the benefits of this practice. And so I'm kind of leaning into that a little more because that's what's benefited me and it's what I can speak of honestly. Um, as ways to get people in, you know, right now we're offering a, a free trial class. Like I think probably everybody does something to that end but we'll eventually be doing what I used to do with a, a previous program, about every six weeks we would have a free introductory workshop and that was a really successful uh, option for us. And I know we're not necessarily talking about the business end of martial arts. And if we are, I'm the worst person to talk to about it. But but I did find it was a, a good opportunity for people to come in and get a sense of not just what is um, your program like, but what is this art like? And also, you know, what am I like as a teacher, you know, what, what's the vibe of the room, of the group? What's the atmosphere there? Am I going to get yelled at? Am I going to get beat up? That kind of thing. People want to know ahead of time before they sign on the dotted line. So having that as a kind of, oh, I don't know, like a feeder class so that people can get a sense of what you do is always successful for us in the past. So that's my plan now.
0: Yeah. Have, have you tried different things? You t- I know, um like the traditional martial arts schools often do like a one-to-one intro and kind of sign them up on the spot other people let people come straight onto the class um i was wondering yeah you think the workshop things the one that's kind of worked best for you yeah it because i used to do a free intro session
2: and uh, one-on-one and um at the the first gym that i had and that worked pretty well but it's very time consuming and that worked better for me when I didn't have kids, you know, but now I've got two four-year-olds and a newborn baby and I just, I don't have that kind of availability and I don't have the roster of, um, you know, young, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed martial art trainers and instructors underneath me in the program that could help do those things like other schools like an established taekwondo school for example might have a whole legion of black belts that can help with that stuff when it's just me that's pretty hard to do so we said let's just do it every six weeks and put everybody together
0: yeah, no, I found it the exact same thing. Um, oh, and don't be so hard on yourself about the business side of things. I mean, someone once said to me, it's, it's it's very rare to meet someone who is a good martial artist and a good businessman. You meet a lot who are terrible martial artists but good businessmen, and vice versa. I know a lot of really good martial artists who are awful businessmen. Uh, to you know, to be to be good at both is is pretty rare. Um, but yeah,
2: I, 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 I- that's true for any kind of art, isn't it? You know, like you don't have a, a musician. Get off stage and then negotiate the contract for the next gig necessarily. You know what I mean. You, they have a manager for a reason. Their job is to go up there and play the song. You know, and uh hopefully I'm good at at playing the song that we all play
0: here. But yeah, on the back end, that's that's not my strong suit. So yeah, at, at the moment we're doing a mix of um so we're doing like the taster session. I don't really let people come straight onto the class anymore. Uh, I find it's quite disruptive to the class and it, it's not that. Uh, beneficial for the person. I find if we, if we have a group of beginners together, apart from anything, they get to know some other beginners. So that when they go onto a class, they know some other people at the same level as them. Uh, also, I can talk about stuff that I wouldn't normally talk about. I can talk about the gym philosophy a bit more. I can kind of you know ch- chat to them and you know even filter out you know filter out some people I don't want to come onto the classes and filter people through towards beginners courses and things. So we're doing quite a few really short beginners courses. I know um like crossfit their big thing is their on-ramp and it's something i've looked at and you know when you read up on what it is it's it's usually like four to six weeks several sessions a week and it's about teaching the like the foundational movements of crossfit that you'll be doing on the classes it's about the language it's about the terminology it's about like the philosophy it's also about like socializing and you know getting used to the environment and that's essentially what we try and do with our beginners courses now we just bring them in and just do lots of like oh this is what i'm saying this is the equipment this is what we're doing and it's such an easy way to just just bring them in on that on ramp and then get them straight onto the classes from there um i find it so much better than just throwing people straight in
2: yeah that's interesting and i think you know, that's valuable for me to hear with this new program starting the the idea that the beginners are all coming in together or rather that they're going to recognize other beginners on the next session. That's pretty cool. And I've seen that happen every time. And all of a sudden, those people are sort of friends. They're, they're in it together. You know, oh, will you work with me today? I also don't know what I'm doing kind of thing, you know. Um, and yeah, I think that that really helps ease some of the anxiety over starting with this. Um, And, you know, I always try to teach from that place in that class too, you know, uh, like I was pointing out, like even Bruce Lee had a first day of martial art class. You know, every, doesn't matter who you think of, everybody has to start in the same place. And so everybody in class will be sympathetic to the fact that you're starting the same place they did. You know, nobody just wakes up able to do this. That's not how this works. So there should be, you know, especially if the culture of the gym is welcoming, there should be a lot of sympathy and a lot of um, like just graciousness towards that. So, uh, but what I think will be interesting with a brand new program is I may not, I'm curious, I may not need to have an on-ramp for a little bit because everybody's going to be new. You know what I mean? So I think like, I want to report back on how this goes in six months or something, because right now it might be that every class we're going, this is your left hand, this is your jab, you know, that kind of thing. And really just starting, from the very beginning. Uh, Cause the more seasoned people that I have that I'm bringing with me, they're gonna be helping in a leadership capacity anyway. So, um, you know, I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. So I, I'm sure I'll do an on-ramp to some degree, but the program itself is already sort of an on-ramp, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's one of the things that I find hard is showing too much to these guys when they first come in. Uh, when you just said everyone's had their first day, it's that burden of knowledge thing. It's hard to remember what it was like when you have just first walked in. And sometimes I'll teach a beginner's session on one of these, you know, like basically an on-ramp, like a beginner's course, and you teach a whole bunch of stuff and like, cool, they've got an idea, they've met the coaches, they've done this, they've tried this, they've done a little bit of stand-up, a little bit of clinch, a little bit of ground, and then I step back and think, God, if I'd done all that on my first day, I'd have been completely confused. I just end up, like, I just want to show them everything, you know, I want to get them in there
1: it's funny it's funny just saying that guys it's been so interesting listening to both of you just riff on this uh i literally had what the, the burden of knowledge thing i just had that this morning um i have a, a grandfather who's a couple of years older than me, he's probably 56 really really good boxer locally uh, and he's bringing his grandson training and to get him back in because he's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit he won't mind me mentioning it saying it so i've got him in and because he's a good boxer i've been getting him to actually work with a couple of the guys at a specific station on the circuit because of covid i've had to rejig everything so while i'm listening to you guys talking about crossfit it's like if you walk into the second half of my class it looks like a crossfit class that just does martial arts because it's like you 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 know, we can sort of work with partners, but then you don't know how the a lot of people are going to be with that. So instead of having to have that awkward conversation with everyone, it's like right, okay, well, there's a the station, then you go, then you go, then you go. But the burden of proof it was because I was teaching today, and obviously we start working, and all he wanted to do is some stand-up clinch, uh, ironically, for the street. So he wanted to do some and of ov- obviously I start going down this cool we, you know, crashing for the clinch, muay thai plum. Next, thing, you know, we're breaking out of the plum. Then I'm grabbing an arm, dragging stuff, and then I'm like, "Whoa, Mick, calm down! You've just done the whole what you do when you teach white collar boxing over at Nathan Leverton's, where these guys going, uh, no, no, your other left. So when they throw, the, when they throw the right hand, you go, no, no, the other left. You know, so they don't even know left and right. That's my joke that I always do, and I'm thinking, oh God, yeah. As soon as they started throwing one thing correctly, Mick, you immediately did the Lomachenko thing, which is like, oh, well, you can do it too. And uh, that's, that's a difficult place to be, Kurt.
2: Yeah, well, and it's, you know, that kind of teaching, like we talked about, I thing on the show before, is like seminar style teaching, right, where you're just giving gobs of information because the students hopefully are taking notes and they're going to work that later at another time. Uh, and that's that's different than a beginner class which is not a, a seminar right that's not a workshop uh or, or I guess it could be a workshop depending on how you use the term but you know you're not trying to load them down with information I wonder if to satisfy that itch because like Mick said I mean, once sometimes once you get going you just you're so excited about the art you just want to show it if it wouldn't be interesting to do or to offer a kind of seminar that's like really showing the breadth of what it is that you teach, you know, where Nathan, if you have all these transitions to all these from standing to clinch to ground or whatever, you're going, Boy, maybe I shouldn't have done all that in an intro. Maybe it would be cool. For that same beginner student, if they knew going in, you're going to get a whole bunch of data and it's going to be fun. You know, that's the point is we're really going to jam out today. People might still be into that, but they're probably or potentially caught off guard if it's pre-framed as this
0: is for beginners, right? Yeah. Oh, how much to give people in that sense? like occasionally, you know, I'll be doing stuff when people come in. So they're like, oh, what's that? what's that he's doing I mean, back in the day i used to just i used to roll with like one of the you know main guys or something and i and just put an absolute tooling on them but i'll be using the stuff that i was about to teach on the beginners course so then people would be like oh i saw it yeah they're looking whispering to each other um so i used to do that quite a bit um and also obviously you know during the class you'll be showing the basic move and then you throw a little something in there so that they go oh what was that and you're like oh yeah yeah next time you learn that later down the line you know um but yeah i i do tend to teach too much i i it depends why they're there obviously we've talked about before about why people start if someone comes in with a preconception that you know i already know how to do something i'm going to be a fighter they just want a bit of information possibly but a lot of people who come in it's like they're just going to need to like speak to people and feel comfortable and have a positive experience and that's it i mean we do a little survey uh on our waiting list and the number one thing, and it says, you know, you're coming down for self-defense, you know, a competition or different things. Number one thing, number one, every like out of hundreds of people improve confidence. Um, so surely like doing, dealing with that on the first session would be the most important thing to make them keep coming back.
2: Well, I'm curious then to ask you guys exactly that. I mean, I know you, you just answered part of it, Nathan, but... You know, as we're talking about not just getting students through the door, but keeping them um, engaged in the art, not just for our our business ends, bottom line, but because we believe in the art, we want people to continue to engage in it throughout their life. What do you think, if you have an intro course or a feeder class, an on-ramp of some kind, what are the themes outside of your techniques that you think are important that will help to really grab not just the attention of the student, but that that kind of inside part, you know, so it's easy for them to write down on the paper easier confidence. But if they need confidence, they're not going to come up and tell you, hey, I'm here because I need more confidence that would be a confident thing to do right so that's not going to happen this sort of anonymity of the survey is a great thing. What are some of those themes, then that that you know, or the atmosphere of that beginner class that you think is important to sort of set that stage for them uh apart from the act of fighting.
0: Oh wow. So yeah, I mean we have a basic philosophy like a mission statement that we stole. Um I can't remember who I stole it from, another instructor. Um, but it was the, the and and I I literally state this at the end of the class and then go through why it applied to that class and why it apply to future sessions so essentially what i say to people is i want all the training to be safe i want it to be fun i want it to be progressive so i'm like by the end of this session and this is kind of the spiel i give at the end of a like a taster session or a beginner course i like it should have been safe you should have walked out that door with the same amount of limbs and same amount of brain cells as you came in it should have been fun like no one went away going oh, i don't want to come back that was i got beat up i didn't like it someone was you know horrible to me whatever um you know i didn't understand what was going on and it should have been progressive you should know more now and be able to do more with your body than when you first came in and if i achieve all those three things then then to me, I I can define the success of it. And then I say, that's the success of it. And that's what we're gonna do on the classes. And the the kicker to that is always, the only reason I wouldn't let you join is because you're gonna affect one of those things for someone else. You're gonna affect their progress. You're gonna affect their safety. You're gonna affect their enjoyment. And then I just sum that up as saying, it's our no dickhead rule, basically. Um, But but again, if if they get that philosophy, if they're gonna be on board with us, then I think I've sold it to them then because they go well it's going to be safe so confidence wise that helps them it's going to be fun so it's something i'm doing you know it's going to be enjoyable um and i'm going to get better i'm going to learn something you know so that, that that's usually kind of how i sell it early on i think we forget sometimes what kind of like an alien experience is going to be for most people coming in standing on a mat with no shoes on and like you know hearing different terms and doing different things and. I think that can put someone off or it could make them love it. Uh, I, my, one of my big problems is, I, you know, as people, we've, always, we've been in martial arts for a long time and we're probably going to continue to be in it. Not everyone who comes to that door is going to be a lifelong martial artist, but it's very hard to talk to people going, oh, no, you're just going to have a go at this. Like, you know, I, 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 try I talk to people like, oh, no, you're still going to be with me in 10 years. Um, and on the one hand, like, I want to assume that, and I want to teach like that, but of course, not everyone who takes up a sport or a hobby is going to do it for the rest of their life. And so trying to provide it in that way and frame it in, in that way, so it's attractive to them is quite difficult. I don't want to put them off by assuming like that you know, they're going to do it forever. That is a huge, very
2: important point for me to hear. Maybe for you guys or for listeners, because I'm always so surprised how many like tourists we get you know what I mean like there's more people out there my wife is like this there's more people out there than I realized that just like trying things you know they're just open-minded and they're like that sounds cool like my wife did roller derby for a while because she was like I saw thought that shit would look kind of cool so she did it you know I don't have that thing where I'll just go well, a little bit maybe but where I'll just go try all this different stuff you know this is my thing so this is what I do, and martial art is for so many of us a, a lifelong personal practice, you know. Um, so I always do that same thing. I teach to everybody, like so, you know. Ten years from now, when you're blah 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 blah, and, and you you can see the look on people's faces of like, what did I just get myself into, or what kind of weird culty perspective is this guy coming from, or whatever, you know? Well, they're like, I you know, I'm just going to do this for a couple months, and on the end of that it's also then challenging as instructors to not take it personally when they leave that it's not necessarily because they didn't like the art or they didn't like the artist or the teacher uh it's because that's that's that was their take on it they just it's something they wanted to try and they they fulfilled their little mission with it whatever it was that's why so many people leave when they get blue belt or whatever you know whatever your art is because that was the thing that they wanted and and I think it's cool to be able to honor that and to help facilitate that, but it does affect your retention and it can affect your ego a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah. My, my good friend, uh, Wayne Stokes, he's come out with a great line. He won't mind me saying this. Uh, He was the first person that uh, I, that actually uh, verbalized this is the best way I can say I, I thought of this for a long time and he turned around to me and he says, You know, the thing with martial arts, mate. And I went, What? He goes, Everyone quits. And the, the minute he said it, I was like, And he went, Mate, everyone quits. And he says, And as an instructor, you've got two jobs. First job is to teach, and the second job is to prolong the process before they quit. And I was like, What? And I, and I thought about it for a second. I thought, it sounds like a really, really like Machiavellian sort of businessman move, you know? And he went, no, no, they, they've got to quit. He said, but you've got to remember, you know, I've got bills to pay, I've got this. And I know that, you know, that they'll they will quit sometimes. It won't be an injury or anything. It'll just be like life gets in the way. We we know this, right? But it's that bit where it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, jujitsu is probably the best one, Nathan. The first injury you ever get Right, is that's the one that most people just go straight away, and then you know, there's that classic thing that we know about jujitsu, which is show me a brown belt who hasn't had knee surgery, and I'll show you a brown belt who lets everyone pass their guard. That's me, by the way, you know. What I mean, it's like knee surgery versus passing the guard, passing my guard makes you never going to finish me anyway, and I'll just reverse it later anyway. So, that's the way I look at it, but it's that progr- like the prolonging the quitting process. But what what I'd like to just ask you guys is, like, that's brought us into something, and I don't. It's it's not an off-topic thing at all. It's it, uh, the 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 quitting thing that directly goes back to why people are getting into it in the first place, and then the whole thing while we're talking about is like why you start martial arts. Like uh, Nathan, you mentioned that you have a questionnaire that you get to fill out. I've never I've never done that before. Uh, and now this is the thing that's going to sound a bit weird when I ask you this. Do you ever look at people's questionnaires five or six years down the line when they're, when they're really entrenched in the art and then look at their questionnaires and see the answers and go, you're lying on that, mate. Either that or you've <laughs> changed dramatically. Because that's what I've always found with martial arts. The guy who says that he's learned one reason. It's normally the guy who like eats tofu and wants to be a gentle fucking... Barefoot warrior, and then literally within three years, where he can actually shit out of someone, he ends up being your gym cop. You know what I mean? Like, but wait a minute, weren't you, weren't you the fucking vegan that walked in here? And now you basically want, you, like, you're Judge Dredd and McGee. What happened there? So yeah, I would just like to know, Nathan, have, have you have you seen that in your experience?
0: Um, I haven't gone back and looked at the actual things, but obviously, you know, martial arts changes people, so um yeah whatever they said when they came in they're probably a different person a couple of years down the line one thing i i didn't want to get it onto if we get, if we don't mind circling around to it is so we've got some beginners in the room we've got some people getting started talking about the barriers to learning as they're saying you know in education about like basically the problems with, with teaching beginners, you have a diverse group. You have people with all different needs. You have people, there are certain, you know, we've all had people who stick out like a sore thumb in the class for various different reasons. Um, I was wondering about different things you've kind of faced with beginners where you go, especially when we talk about us as martial artists and lifelong, like you can make assumptions sometimes. You can make assumptions about what, why someone's there and what they're going to be able to take from your teaching. But just because you're teaching something doesn't mean learning is taking place. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts uh, on, you know, students that you've had and maybe changes you've had to make with teaching beginners to kind of get them into the classes.
1: It's so timely. It's mad because I had this conversation today in my class Sunday morning because my best students aren't martial artists. They're very good at martial arts, but not one of them came to me to do martial arts. These are guys who turned up with their kids, and I'm like, "So what are you doing, man?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'm just going to wait around till my kid finishes." And I throw on a pair of shorts, and I say, "No, nah, jump on in, man. I'm here for two hours anyway. Do it." Kid quits, they keep training, and I've got I've got a few of those guys that, and like I, I won't lie to you, it's an absolute breath of fresh air. Like Kurt, when you were talking about the new program you've got going, it sounds ace because it's like you are looking to give. The great gift that we have without the, uh, well, basically the amount of absolute neurotic side, you know, side effects that you get by being a martial artist or being into martial arts. Yeah, so you get normal people, they come in, they work out, they feel good. They don't buy into any of the homina, homina, homina shit. If you try to speak to them about chi or ki, they'd be like, what What are you fucking on about, dude? It's physics. Oh, so you generated power, what from what? Mediochlorines? No, it's just mass, speed, time. It's just physics, man. If that was the case, Isaac Newton would have been Helio Gracie. You know what I'm saying? It's that whole shit where it's like normal people will come in and do it. And it was today. It was really good because I was teaching this teaching this combination. So we're doing some jum fan going into some Thai, doing some really really cool stuff, and I had one guy who's a real martial artist who wanted to know how we could dovetail these different arts into it, and then. One of the guys who's like a really like just a normal guy walked in. He goes, so you're going to do that stuff that you say looks like a Chinese waiter. Then you do that stuff that you're going to do outside of a chip shop. And then you finish off doing the John L. Sullivan bit. And I was like, oh, beautiful. And I just turned around to this lad who's a martial artist. And I went, do you see that? I said, this is why this guy is so good after four years where it took me two years to deprogram you. You know what I mean? It was the Greek tragedy of killing your father because he was a martial artist already. I had to, he was like, everything I've done is shit. And I was like, no, no, it isn't shit. It's just different. Be like this guy and look where we are now. Normal people are much better anyway.
0: Oh, that is, that is one of the biggest barriers. That is, I think they'd call it resistance to unlearning. And, um, I found guys are much worse at that than they're the bigger problem than girls. Like guys think they know how to fight already. They think they know how to throw a punch already. But when you teach women, women are just like, yeah, you just, you just show me what to do and I'll copy that. Like sometimes they're, they're, one of their barriers is is confidence. Um, uh, but usually they'll just kind of do what you say because they're like, well, you're the coach. But the amount of guys you get and it's like, well, I've done a bit of boxing or I've done a bit of this. and oh, My coach didn't show it like that. I literally had someone recently who's like did a couple of my boxing classes, got caught a bit, and then was like, "Yeah, but I know boxing. I'm not going to do those classes anymore." And it's like, "But you're not the best in the room." Like, if you're not the best in the room, why? But it's uh, that resistance to, to to what they already know to getting them out of that is so difficult sometimes.
2: This I'm sure is true with like MMA or people watching UFC all the time, but. Teaching Jeet Kune Do is very much that way because you're always going to have the Bruce Lee impersonator that shows up to your school and he's dancing around and he's, you know, everything has to be right lead because I read it in the book and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And you're like, like you wasted your round doing footwork that's not real and not what we're doing. You're supposed to be hitting the pads and you're like zooming all over the room and, you know, it looks like, some, like a cha-cha class, you know. So that's that's definitely a factor. Uh, I'm curious, you know, Mick or, or rather Nathan, you're you're talking about um, having to adjust the class and, and ways that we, not that we keep students. It's not about retention, but rather the um, the goals and the motivation of the students evolve over time, right? You know, hopefully, if they started because they wanted confidence, by the time they've been in it and they're a little more intermediate level, hopefully they've accomplished that confidence at this point. So it's not, you're not really perpetuating that in the classes. For example, the program that I have now is, I'm I'm gonna relay this to see if it's relatable to you guys at all. The more intermediate level, it's not about um, fighting, it's not about technique, it's about flow, right? And it's about the ability to kind of get into that flow state in your mind, to get into the zone. Um, It's about accessing that runner's high kind of thing. And being able to just let loose and and let the art kind of come through you and start that process. And that, I think, for me, I came up in a program with MKG that was designed that way. That was so exciting. And I needed the foundation to be able to do those things and access that flow. But that flow state is what keeps me in the art, right? More than anything, more than being able to fight or defend myself, more than anything, that kind of thing is really what takes me out of my head, which is a challenge for me, uh, and keeps me in my body and keeps me in the art. And so the curriculum is designed to do that, right? The, the motivations of the beginner fundamental program are far different than the intermediate and as well the advanced program because it's not just expanding, I guess my point is not just expanding on the techniques, right? It's expanding on the um, uh, I don't know, like the the reasoning behind the techniques.
0: That's really what the program evolves with. Does that resonate with you guys at all? Yeah, totally. Um, exactly what I was coming in thinking about today was, you know, when I, and I kind of mentioned the barriers to learning, it's, I didn't really explain it very well. It's like kind of like, you, know, you need to be inclusive with your teaching to make sure everybody's learning, right? Everybody's got roadblocks. Everyone's got an inner life going on that if you're not aware of it you can't pass the information on so often it's like you're still trying to teach the thing you're going to teach um but you're kind of adjusting it to the people but one thing you're talking about there is adjusting your material so it kind of gets to more people um and a lot of the things they talk about with like the roadblocks that people face you're automatically dealing with that so like, they talk about um motivation like motivation to actually learn is obviously one of the biggest roadblocks to actually teaching someone something you're trying to create um you know like the passion in them by the way you're talking the way you're talking about different martial arts and bringing it together um you, you know and, and keeping it interesting by doing that as well and one of the big things that they talk about uh, as well is like i mean obviously there's the hierarchy of needs So you see like all the things, all the physical reasons why people might not want to be able to learn because of like, you know, it's cold or they're hungry or, you know, things like that all the way through to like peer pressures and all different things. But one of the big ones is like fear of failure, right? People don't want to try to do something because they fear like either they're they're worried about their old skills that they weren't good enough or they're worried about learning new skills. But when you're saying about you're essentially creating like a, uh, about with a flow, like a culture of learning And where it's going to be okay to like get something wrong because it's a bigger picture. Like you're actually automatically dealing with all those roadblocks, which is like, you know, I was like, I was thinking, oh, we'll get into individual things of like, you know, people might be dealing with this emotional issue and we could talk this way to them. And you're just like, oh, no, I've just gone from my experience and my uh, my love of teaching and I've kind of gone, I'm just going to just breeze all over that and kind of do it anyway like you been like all the thing all the way you're talking about your program you're kind of going straight past, past all those roadblocks and just speaking to people directly um and I, I love it man I love, love it a little I appreciate you you saying that because even when you guys were talking about like you know the prior
2: experiences and oh I already know how to do that or oh no what I learned before was bad or wrong you know that's kind of the hope with this program is like, no, it's all good. You know, like, like there's going to be, this program is going to have karate stances in it because I find that a karate stance is building my leg strength in a different way than other things. And so there's value there. That's the value that I find. That's one of the reasons we're going to do it. So the value you attach to what you've learned before, I mean, going to encourage you to be flexible with that value. Don't throw the value away. Don't throw the thing away but allow yourself to see it in a new light. You know, that's what this program can can allow for. And, and I think a little bit of genuine humility or at least some kindness through humility as coaches goes a long way by going like, look, man, you know, oh, we're not doing that thing you learned in Taekwondo or this this thing you're learning today makes you feel like that was useless man, I think what you did was cool. I'm going to have to ask you to show me that sometime. You know what I mean? I never learned that. I I think that looks pretty slick. I don't know if I would use it, but you're going to have to show me that sometime. Just that little bit of acknowledgement of the fact that they did work hard at that, that can really go a long way. You know, and in a at the end of the day when when we're 80 years old are you going to look back and be like boy I really wasted my time on those taekwondo kicks or no of course not it's all going to be value right like it's all risk for the mill it's all it's all good stuff and so yeah I appreciate it because my hope is that this program kind of highlights that as its primary theme
1: but just as you're saying this it's like um one of the things that uh, it's a criticism sometimes that gets levelled at uh, anybody who does any sort of drilled drills based martial arts which is uh you know but would that work for real i know I and mean, that's a thing we've done to death you know it's that whole you know people are still arguing over whether or not trapping works i can't believe it man it's 2021 you know deal with it guys but uh, the 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 whole paradox the whole paradox of martial arts uh, that I've always found, which is when we collaborate, we get a lot better, a lot quicker, right? But unfortunately, most people who have some sort of understanding of martial arts, is they immediately think that it should be either contested or it should be adversarial. And when I'm listening to Kurt talking about his new programme, um the the one thing that the one thing that keeps coming back to me is that quote that guru and asanto comes out with which is a great teacher creates an environment where knowledge reveals itself right and i I love that because it's that bit where it's like right okay you won't know if it's worth anything if you haven't failed or you haven't tried or you haven't done it but it's i'm i'm i I, I just want to get you on the um on your programme that you're bringing out, and, yeah, you can use it as an infomercial if you want, but I'm just thinking about, as, you, as you've as you developed this, Kurt, how much are you looking at – I'm trying to think of the best way to put this – because you're aiming this at a completely different market now to be successful, right? Uh, and you're not primarily looking for martial artists because anybody who's done martial arts will at least have seen the the state of nirvana that you can reach and yada 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 comes with it. So you know when you get normal people that just come in and go, shit, man, this shit is really cool. So how how do you aim that and how do you know the collaboration? By the way, I think collaboration is that's our that's our default position as a species because I think if we work together, we'll get it. Whereas adversarial doesn't work. I want to know how you are going to approach this when you're teaching drills and how are you going to explain to people about the value that they're getting you know like in the moment as it's going on could you could you just explain that to me
2: yeah like you mean like is well okay i'll i'll, I'll put it this way i think the value in things like like drills or whatever i think it's just it, it's inherent i think the joy of the practice itself is the practice. It it is the point, you know, like uh, 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 the destination is the way kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, You're doing it because the act of doing it is the point of doing it. Whereas what I see a lot in the martial art world is we're doing this drill or we're against doing this drill for the sake of being able to fight a person or for the sake of winning a title or for the sake of x right whatever that thing is but that's not my take i'm doing the drill because i like to do the drill that's that's it you know what I mean? That That's that's enough for me. Is this going to make me better at fighting? I mean, you know, you know, one thing that makes you better at fighting is fighting a lot of people, right? And I don't think that's a good thing to do. I don't think that's healthy. I, I think that probably makes you or means you're an asshole, you know? And I'm not really interested in being an asshole anymore. I, I spent enough time in my life being that guy when I was younger, and I'm not interested in perpetuating that in other people. I think that there's... Self defense or fighting skills inherent in every martial art. If you have the education, the ability, the open mindedness, the um, intuition, the inquisitive nature to dissect it and pull those things out, right? That's why JKD has appealed to me as a philosophy because it really encourages that research process. I'm fascinated by that. I just love martial art as a whole. I love the idea of martial art. I love the the aesthetic, the imagery, the, the whole vibe of martial art, I think is so great. I get why people are into yoga, even though I'm not into it, because I'm into this. So I get why people are into that, you know. Um, I get why people want to paint their face and be crazy when they're watching football or something like that, because I, you know, I'm into this. I get that, you know. Um, so to me, the, the the point of it is the practice, and the goal is joy you know the goal is to to be engaged in something that that stokes your engine a little bit right that stokes your fire that 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 gets you engaged in your body engaged in your life that allows you like nathan said to leave after a little bit better than you walked in right and that's the whole deal if your goal is to be better at defending yourself against maybe an active threat that's in your life or in your your community You know, private training is good for that, Um, you know, especially if you do have an active threat, then doing a threat assessment and taking the time with a trained professional who understands the real nature of violence, not the nature of martial art, but the nature of violence, and and going forward from that place, I think, is good, but I don't want to market a a business or a service that way, and I don't want to perpetuate some of those feelings in people. I would rather this practice be something that takes them away from that feeling and that experience and takes them out of that place of anxiety, because that's what the arts have done for me. So how would I aim or, or explain the drill is just showing the drill. And hopefully having a little bit of passion and a smile on my face allows that to to replicate in them as well.
0: I, I'm so inspired by you talking about your program in, in so many ways. It's like... I mean, just the simple act of designing a program helps learning outcomes better anyway, because you're not just, it's not just not, you know, it's not all over the place. You know, you're going, oh, I want them to do this first, and you know, I want them to do this drill. So just, just the simple fact that you're taking time to build this program up from scratch, it already puts you a step up. And then the fact that you're talking about some of the outcomes being joy, like, I mean, because that's what what we got out of it but to actually articulate that and actually want that to be one of the main parts of it I mean that's what that's we talked about earlier people getting into it and you know the tourists but like people are just going to try stuff out like and if they just come in and they just get joy out of it and love it and enjoy it and get a sampler of different martial arts that's amazing also if they wanted to carry on then having appreciation of everything and not being that guy online saying, well, my style's better than your style. Like that's going to make them a better martial artist and a better person. Um, I just want to say like, just even the direction you're going with it. Congratulations, man. I I really admire what you're doing.
2: Thanks, man. I it. it, Here I am trying not to get emotional. It means a lot. Thanks. You know, and it's been, we had a rough road, man. So this is a, it's, Uh, confidence inspiring I appreciate you guys that's that's the thing I needed to put on my questionnaire was confidence with some of this stuff so I appreciate it you know and um you know like you said the the appreciation of the spectrum of martial art the appreciation for martial art that I think is is so important to not just be the guy in line saying my style is better than your style how redundant how boring and I don't blame anyone if they're offended by that you know what I mean? Even if, if everyone's offended by all the, thing, all the things all the time today, whatever. I, if somebody's like, look, I spent 15 years in karate, kiss my ass for telling me that I wasted my time. You know, hell yeah, I agree with you. You know, I had, I never understood or had any value in belts, right? And it was one of my students, I was knocking belts to her or in front of her. And she, she took me to the task and she said, I'm gonna tell you right now. If my house caught on fire, the first thing I grab is my partner. The second thing I grab is my black belt. And I was like, oh, like I had never thought of it that way. And I had a massive shift to the point where now I'm created a a black belt program. (laughs) You know what I mean? For that reason, I don't have a black belt. So I don't know, maybe that's inappropriate for me to do it. But it made me realize, like, people's experiences are their experiences and boy if somebody has applied themselves to something for that long you cannot you just you shouldn't have an opinion about
0: it you know so when it's, you think of the you think of the time and the emotion yeah the, the dedication is to it it's like telling you know it's like telling them that their their husband or wife is 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 shit and they should and, and they've wasted their time or their job's rubbish like yeah. and it's, then it's, if they are uh, upset uh, about that you're like calling them a snowflake for it or something that's
2: ridiculous of course they're going to be upset about that you know and they should be upset about that there's a lot of blood sweat and tears that went into that thing is it did they waste their time because you think they're going to be worse off fighting someone in a parking lot somewhere because of that who cares i hope you're not fighting someone in a parking lot that's thing one you know what i mean And, and so long as, as we always say, so long as you're genuine and rather you're uh, honest about what you're teaching. So long as, if I'm teaching something that I don't think is going to be the best thing to protect you at three in the morning when someone's broken into your home, as long as I'm honest about that, then I'm free to teach whatever you know I, I think is of value. And that's 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 the point of all of this. You know, is copware going to help you in the middle of the night? When you're you don't have room to flip around and somebody's broken into your home, and I've got, you know, two feet between my bed and the dresser next to it or something like that. No, it's not. But damn, if those people are not full of joy when you see them train, if they're not loving life for the moments that they're in that program. And that stuff, man, that gets me fired up. And so, you know, I think if we can allow people to access those things, especially in 2021. That's gold, right? There's magic to that. And to do anything that gets in the way of that, to me, I find, as a martial artist, I find that really upsetting. Anytime somebody puts down somebody else as an artist or or the art itself, you're just getting in the way of other people accessing improvement. And I don't know. Shame on that, I guess.
1: That's my thing. It, it, well, it's, it's funny, just as you were saying this, Kurt. It's like, you know, the whole thing behind this was why you start martial arts, yeah? Uh, And it's, this is, I'm going to pose this question to you now, Kurt. First of all, why do we start martial arts? But I think this would be a really good point for you to go, so, Kurt, why have you started to teach martial arts differently? Because obviously we can use the example, yeah, what COVID and how it's affected your business and everything. But, like listening to you today i'm so I, like I'm inspired because the thing is this is Kurt with fire in his belly, back believing in himself in shit that changes things for real man, and like what that what I want to know is, yeah, I know I hope I haven't answered the question that it was just these external factors, but why have you, why are you looking at it in a completely different way, and yeah, man, take this episode home with this baby. Take this episode home. Uh,
2: I don't know. I, you know, part of it is if you can hear in the background having kids and, and just life does change and that changes you. You know, my priorities. I feel different now. Um, I have a son now. Somehow that is a little bit different just for me um, trying to like be a better role model and be a healthier person in my life up here, you know, and that's always a, that's always a a big factor for me, but, you know, I don't know that I necessarily feel like I'm trying to teach differently. I guess I'm just trying to, trying without trying, I, I I'm, I'm trying to get out of my own way a little bit more, right. And go, look, this is really what I think. This is really what I believe and um, to hell with the circumstances, you know what I mean? Like th- this is really what I think martial art is. And I, I, part of it is social media looking at suddenly my feed again, is just full of people arguing about martial art. And I, I just, I don't understand it. And it's exhausting after a while. And it, it, to me, it completely gets in the way of what the mission is. And if that is the mission for people, while I I have to respect that, I just, I don't understand it. And so I'm excited about trying to get people excited. And I'm excited about uh, getting people excited about martial art, because that's the thing that really gets me fired up. And showing the beauty of each individual art for what it is without apologizing for what it isn't. Um, showing the the nature of where it comes from, the history and the reasoning behind it. You know, a lot of the stuff that we see where people are talking negative about an art, they don't understand the context in which that art came up, the environment in which that art was developed. Uh, I think those things are endlessly fascinating. I would like this program to feel like a documentary that you're a part of in that way, where you're really learning about this whole big topic. You know, Um and I, I that I think is is a worthwhile goal, and it'll be a bit of an experiment, but I hope that I hope that it works. I hope that it that we can reach people with it locally and otherwise, because I just think there's so much value to this. And by pigeonholing it and calling it one thing, whatever that thing is, I really think is is just an awful mistake. And so. Uh, why not just say screw it we're just going to show all of it and we're not going to apologize for it and I'm just going to try my best to be my authentic self in the process in hopes that that encourages other people to do the same the last thing I'll say is what I said off mic to you guys in the beginning is this show and having these weekly conversations with you guys about the breadth of martial art the impact of martial art about the process of teaching of being a coach has been incredibly inspirational, motivational, educational in this process. I have a better understanding, of, of, I think, I hope, a better depth of understanding about areas that I, I don't have a background in. Um, you know, Nathan's uh, input on what combat sports are like and, and what you do. has. I have combat sports written on my website now, and that's really because of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think of you every time I look at the home It's right up there on the top. Um, and so having these experiences and these conversations where we're really starting to understand or to communicate with each other and hopefully with, with you, the listener and the watcher, uh, that there's a lot to this, right? There's so much meat on the bone here. And to, uh, again, to, to call it one thing, uh, what a drag, you know, cause that would mean all we're doing is sitting here every week talking about, uh, just telling stories about fighting people. I I don't, you know, after a while, that's a pretty damn boring show after a while, you know? So I I laughed in the beginning. I I was tempted to call the program World of Martial Arts because of this show and because of the conversations and experiences I've had with you guys. Um, And I do hope that the program does something to to pay that forward and to share that with other people. Uh, That's what this show is about understanding that there's a whole great big world of martial arts. That's what uh, Will Henshaw, the producer, uh, host with the most that's behind the scenes here, has uh, has facilitated for everybody through the, the videos and through, through these episodes uh, for a long time now. Uh, and that's always inspired me for years now. And uh, I think that trying to do more of this like we're doing now and bringing that out of virtual spaces into real spaces, that's the new frontier, that's the new pursuit. And I'm just grateful for it. I'm grateful for you guys uh, and I'm grateful for World of Martial Arts. You're with the World of Martial Arts show. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and share the program. And if you have suggestions for topics or questions on an episode, let us know and we'll feature it in an upcoming show.